This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? Yesterday you said you consider getting me a job. Guard that with your wife, but do not open it. It's called the scarab. What is going on? Whatever you can imagine, I can create. I I, I think I cut a bus in half. The love you feel for your family makes you weak. You're wrong. My family. That's what makes me strong. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture, the Entomology Week. Um, you are with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are reviewing the latest from DC Studios, Blue Beetle. So I actually went in fully expecting to be kind of meh about this. Have you seen the trailer though? I have seen the trailer. So the trailer made it look very fun. Yeah, but DC movies have so far been fairly disappointing, no? They have, but the Flash trailer started off strong and eventually started getting weird and then the movie was like the worst iteration. But (laughs) Blue Beetle's trailer seemed consistently good. No, plus I really like Sholo Mariduena, who I like from uh, Cobra Kai. So I was quite excited to watch him do something bigger. Um, I must say I actually really enjoyed it. I I don't think I'm going to put it anywhere near my top 10 list of movies, but I had a great time in this movie. So I thought the trailer did a bad job at selling the movie because I had no interest to watch it mm. after they, they kept showing the trailer before every movie for the last six months, right? But I had a really good time watching this movie. Like I really, really, really liked it. Um, I don't know if I love it yet. Like I love parts of it. Um, a lot of parts of it, but I liked it a lot and will watch it again in the cinema or on streaming, like, you know, whichever comes first. Um, There is a simplicity to this movie that I've missed from superhero movies um, over the last, like, three to four years with everyone trying to cram, like, multiverses and mythology and law and all these, like, rogue timelines that no one has a control over. This movie felt very nostalgic in a way, but it's also clever. It also does the thing where... It's more about family, but it's disguised as a sci-fi superhero vehicle. So I I, I didn't expect to love it and enjoy it as much as I did. So yeah. The family stuff really worked for me. Mm. So if I I could have watched a family comedy really of the Reyes's and been perfectly fine. Um, But I, I also enjoyed the movie. I think maybe not as much. I... I liked it very much. I think that it was a fun time at the cinema. If you asked me whether this was a good way to spend time on the weekend, I would say so. But... I forgot it quite quickly. So the at night, after I watched the film, the stuff that I remembered were all the family stuff and um, not so much anything to do with the Scarab or the Beatles. So anyways, um, Blue Beetle is an origin story of Blue Beetle. I'm done. <laughs> um, it, it takes place in, a, um, in Palmyra, um, the city of Palmyra, and... It primarily focuses on this family and this guy within this family, Jaime Reyes, and they are being kicked out as many people are, as many people are being taken advantage of by a huge industrial complex, court industries within their city. Um, And so anyways, he stumbles his way into meeting a member of the Cord family through a variety of rom-com machinations. He ends up getting a very loose job offer. But what actually happens is that he is turned into a getaway vehicle for this thing 
that this member of the family is trying to disguise. And that's it. And then there's also a class struggle and a story of identity and about family. And look, I mean, it actually tries to pack in a lot. I agree with you that I... Actually, I feel about Blue Beetle the same way I feel about Miss Marvel, in that the things that it's being lauded for, the uh, sort of rooting itself in a cultural identity yes. and unpacking what that means within the context of a superhero movie. Um, I love the family dynamics. Um, I love how, because of the community thing, um, the idea of what a superhero from a Mexican background might behave like and how, how, how does he do it? The entire family comes along. Um, I quite love all of those things. The stuff to do with the villain and the superhero parts, I could take it or leave it. I, 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 I was entertained. I don't know whether I'm invested in it. I, I, it's funny to say that about Susan Sarandon, no? Yes. Mm. I, I wanted a bit more from her. Mm. I did not like Susan Sarandon or what she was doing at all. Like, I think that was the, the weakest point of the movie for me. Um, but more than anything, I think that I like that they got you to care organically about the Reyes family um, in a very real way. Like, you know, the, the uh, um, Jaime's sister, uh, Nana, Rudy, his parents, especially Rudy, right? They're not just people in the background. It, it, oh, George it almost, Lopez. Yeah, yeah. Um, it almost has... a. I mean, the, the plot isn't as pristine, but it has a Pixar vibe to it uh, with the social commentary, the immigrant experience, gentrification. Uh, you, you mentioned the social class divide. And there's like this super delicious line in the movie where someone goes, shouldn't you be mining like cobalt in a third world country somewhere? And I thought that was dropped at like the, the perfect time. Um, and I like that everyone in the in the family had a strong enough personality to warrant that much screen time. And they get a lot of screen time. I, I would watch a sequel just to see them again. Same. So I, I thought that the family were great. Um, and this is, okay, before we go too far, it is important to talk about the guy at the heart of it because Sholo Marie Duena, I thought, was fantastic. I mean, he is playing, if you've seen Cobra Kai, then it is, <laughs> to be fair, a very similar character. Miguel with superpowers. It's basically Miguel, like, with new family members, <laughs> you know, yeah. getting superpowers. But... He has always been a charming screen presence. He's continuing to do that. His physicality is nice. I think the fact that he is quite a slight figure, um, but that he moves so well in the fight scenes is a very nice contrast against the much larger uh, villains that he's put up against. So I really like that. Um, and so he, thankfully, holds his own. Because otherwise, George Lopez was like grabbing the whole ham and like running away with it, chomping on you know, every bit of scenery in every scene because he was a real scene stealer, as were most members of the family. Um, I thought Sholo was great. I, I actually really liked him with the suit. Um, it's not easy, right, unless you're Robert Downey Jr. to play a superhero where half the time your face is not visible and you have to rely on him speaking. And it's a similar thing. You get the eyes, you yeah. get the voice. Yeah. But, yeah. but whatever you see of of Jaime outside of the suit, you actually like him so much that when you don't see his face, you're still invested. I will say I also quite like the transformation scene. Um, we did the fly yesterday and at watching the Blue Beetle transformation scene, I kind of wish they'd pushed it a little further because it is kind of gross what happens to him to become the Blue Beetle. Um, and there's like a slight touch of body horror there, which I thought would be interesting if they wanted to be a bit darker with the whole thing. Um but yeah, I think he carried the movie so well. And for a newcomer, I thought it was, it was really surprising. I wanted so much more body horror. 
I I feel like Khan, there's a I feel like of, this there's a version yeah. of this movie where that would work really well. That would work, or maybe there's a version of the movie that you know they cut down to this. Right, I, I, that scene was quite disturbing. It was mm. there was a horror element to it. It was a bit disturbing, um, and even the way the the scarab attaches to him is also kind of w- weird looking. Um, it's quite bad. I, I, th- I think um, also watching the stuff fill up his eyes yes. was when you yes. really yeah. start to recognize how gross it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but I also don't know how to say this without sounding like like I'm critiquing. But I think Sholu's level of acting is kind of irrelevant because his personality and his charm do most of the heavy lifting. Um, like I don't know if he's a bad actor or not, but he's a very likable person on screen, and then he's a likable person on on interviews and and off screen, right? So, and I think that's important for like a character like Blue Beetle. Um, it worked, and and it makes you like the human more than the symbiote, which is kind of it's Marvel's number one ruler more than DC. You know, like the person even without the mask, and I think it worked like really well in this movie. Um, before we head to the break, I wanted to ask both of you what you thought of um, the the leaping ahead of storyline because we're using words like symbiote um, you know we're talking about the blue beetle but the thing is that the movie I, I think it is both a strength and a weakness actually it really really skates past the exposition so there's there are just moments where he's like yeah its name is Kajida and let me tell you about its history actually it comes from whatever and yeah it told me and like that's it you, you don't get some sort of like weird flashback scene or you don't have a scientist suddenly sit him down and tell him so actually here's the thing um, most of the science in the film is unexplained the mythology of the scarab is unexplained like it's just there um, I think it is both good and bad yeah I think if I think it's the fact that this is a movie that comes after so many superhero movies that you don't need that scene anymore um, The as the audience you're kind of taken along also because it's Blue Beetle and not like Batman um, you don't mm. care as much that that exposition wasn't given space I, I think I just wanted to know how he was leveling up that's all like I, when he yeah. started learning things I'm like what is this exactly <laughs> have you been training what is it so for me, I think I would have been okay with that if I knew a sequel was coming. But I think we know this movie is going to be a bomb. Like, it, it hasn't made any money. So without a sequel, then there's like zero explanation. Now I'm like, I think maybe they were saving the mythology for the next part. And now we're not going to get a next part. Most probably, we don't know. Um, so I would have liked more about the scarab and some backstory and, and how, it, how the symbiote works or what the symbiote right. wants with him in the first place. Because there's a kill shot scene. And when yes. it happens, I'm like, but how did you know to do that? I just yeah. I just need a small explanation. Um, anyways, we are talking today about Blue Beetle, which is an origin story of Blue Beetle, the superhero. It's from DC Studios. Um, it was directed by Angel Manuel Soto, uh, written by Gareth Dunnett Alcocer. I think I'm saying that right. I'm not sure, but hopefully, fingers crossed. Anyways, let us know. Uh, did you make it out to the cinemas to watch Blue Beetle recently? Did you like it? What do you think? You can WhatsApp 018 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Beats, funk, mixtapes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Excuse me, Mr. Reyes? You finished scraping the gum off that lounger or what? Everything right now feels so out of reach. You always land on your feet, bro. You're Hyman. They don't get out much. <laughs> I just want to rap. You went in to get a shops, and all you brought back was a hamburger? Okay, I don't think it's a burger. You haven't looked? What the hell is that? 
get it to do that? I think he likes me. He's on your back! Get it off! Get it off! BFM 89.9. This is Popcorn Culture. You are with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are reviewing Blue Beetle, directed by Angel Manuel Soto. Um, it is, of course, DC Studios' latest. So, okay. the We've been talking a lot about the simplicity of the story because it's actually Iron Man... Mm-hmm. One, two, and three. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's all, to be honest, it's all of that. It's, um, you know, you've got the military complex going up against a thing that has attached to a body that gives somebody a suit. You know, it's it's all kind of there. And if you've seen one, you truly have seen them all. You know the beats of the story. And so I think that has to be, for me personally, it was the other things that provided the, the interest in it, which is why we've been talking so much about the family. I just wanted to explain why we're not going on about the superhero stuff, because honestly. Actually, even the family stuff, to be honest... None of it is new. Um, All of the stuff that I enjoyed, even those scenes, there are a couple of conversations that Jaime has with his dad, which are beautiful, but also you kind of know they're going to happen. You know they're coming. You know what the beats of this relationship are going to be. But it doesn't matter, actually. I don't know how the movie manages to do it, but when you, you know it's coming, you get there, and it's still really effective. Um, It's the same for the bad guys sort of, backstory. You kind of know what it's going to be, but when they get there, you're like, oh yeah, this fits. This works really well. And I actually think that's why Blue Beetle manages to punch above its weight so much. Um, I I actually cannot put my finger on it, whether it's that the actors do such a good job, whether the movie genuinely, there's a there's an earnestness and a sweetness at the heart of it that even though it's not new, you still feel invested. Actually, right, um, just going back to the the superhero stuff for a bit, um, I I thought the suit looks awesome. Oh, the I did suit too. Looks re- yeah, re- it looks really yeah. good. It looks so cool on him, like the neon. I I love the yellow eyes, the way it moves. It shows emotion, but I feel like so much of what the suit does would have made such a big impact, like pop culture impact, if we didn't see it a dozen times already. Like you mentioned, Iron Man, right, Lynn? So there's of course there's Iron Man helmet. There's the the, the limbs or the arms, uh, the Iron Spider, the Spider Man arms. Um, it's a bit of uh, Venom with the symbiote. There's like some Ant Man, Hank Pym stuff in there, and it's a shame lah because Blue Beetle is an old character, um, and I because the the live action versions of all these movies have such like an indelible mark that you cannot unsee those things. But I feel like for if if it didn't have those comparisons, it would have done really well. Like for what it was, right, following that blueprint, it did really, really well as a superhero movie. Okay, so in line with the whole superhero conversation, I think that what I was missing from this film um, was a little bit more of, we know that the Beatle, um, or, or rather the system that powers or the being that powers the system that powers the scarab, Kajida, Mm. um, we know that it is sentient. Um, In other words, it makes its own decisions. It is going to decide whether it wants to do something or not. So that's said actually a few times in the movie. It's why I can recite it to all of you, you know. Um, (laughs) But 
I don't think the film actually does enough with that. And maybe that is the problem when you have a very likable main character. There's very little for a symbiote to disagree with him on because he yeah. he's good. He doesn't want to kill. He, he just wants to be chill. He wants to protect his family. Who's going to fight him on that? Um, and so there wasn't enough for me of that stuff of like the mid-battle. Come on, you won't do this with me? Come on. Well, there's that. Also... Because the villain was so lackluster, um, and, and I mean Victoria Court, actually, Susan Sarandon, like, there's really nothing for you to root against. Um, it's, she's kind of very flatly written. You know exactly where this is going to lead. Um, and there's no real reason for you to feel invested. Uh, it just feels like, like it felt like a, like a fun family road trip movie, uh, which I was totally on board for. And then every time Victoria Cord reappears on the scene, I'm just like, oh, that's right. You're still here. And I forgot. She's so goofy and hammy. Like, I don't know what they were going for, but it, it was over the top in a way that was bland and, and one dimensional. Yes. Okay, I have a theory that they were going for Helen Mirren. Yes. In Shazam. Um, and, yes. and she was very good, actually. So that movie was, you know, uh, fine. But she was actually very, very enjoyable to watch in that. And it's weird because I'm sure Susan Sarandon has that gear, but we're just not seeing her manage to, to hit it in this one. Um, so I wanted to mention also that Raul Max Trujillo, um, who plays the other bad guy, Carapax, you, Carapax um, was... <laughs> Very charismatic. So, and I, Surprisingly, right? Yeah, it's yeah. why I'm glad you made the distinction that the bad guy that we don't like is um, is Susan Sarandon's Victoria Court because actually the others are quite interesting. So that was actually part of the problem. Carapax is really interesting but isn't given very much character development. Susan Sarandon, uh, who plays Victoria Court, isn't interesting at all but is the one calling the shots. And then there's like some weird feminism stuff in there that I yeah, don't really care for yeah, so, and I don't need. Yeah, so there, there are a few things in the movie I think. Even the love interest, for instance, doesn't isn't particularly interesting. Okay, I was going to say actually every chord is uninteresting in this movie. <laughs> So I'm glad you got there. <laughs> yeah, so those are the reasons why I think it doesn't quite get there for me. Okay, I've forgotten that his name was Carapax. I thought his name was Amzac or Odak or whatever they were calling him. Omac, like Omac. Omac, Omac, the Omac system. So I was, no, the moment his helmet went on, I was like, oh, this is terrible Power Rangers level stuff and mm. I'm not interested. Um, speaking about Jenny Cord, right? They, I don't think they fleshed out the romance enough, but I like that she... I like that in this movie, because they are so young, that she isn't a girl from college that Jaime has a crush on and she's borderline manic pixie and uh, the suit complicates his life and then he misses a date with her and she's <laughs> mad, but then she's supportive. Oh, and so she's in on Mary the Jane. Yeah, mm. I, I, played by Emma Stone, you know? Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just glad that she... she She's probably more crucial to the Blue Beetle than the Blue Beetle is, without giving anything away. Um, and that was kind of different. I know that's very Ant-Man, but, you know, Ant-Man was 45 years old. And I like that <laughs> they didn't do the, the college romance thing here. It's funny because um, we are acknowledging, I think, that it's very tropey. And, and it's superhero movie tropey. It's action comedy tropey. It's even, to some degrees, uh, rom-com tropey. So there's a lot in there. Um, really, I come back to this over and over again. I think what sets it apart is the culturally specific writing is the mm. fact that the writing is really, really embedded in the culture of this family, which also allows them to speak to each other in very particular ways and to refer to history 
um, the history that they share in very, very particular ways. No, I was going to say, I think the stakes are actually made high by the fact that this family repeatedly talks about their personal struggles um, and, and their struggle as a community. And so what it means for someone to gain these powers, but also what risk means when you come from this particular community, right? And so there's a lot there that gives it that weight um, that takes it far beyond what the story, I think, would otherwise have been. Also, I just love a good um, superhero theme, lah. You know, a good superhero <laughs> theme, and I was humming the the Blue Beetle theme like for days after I watched it. Um, it's so good. I, I love, love the eighties vibe. I love the eighties vibe. I love the neon, synthy, retro futurism stuff that it has going for it. I, I would love to see a sequel, lah. Is what I'm saying. I would love to see a TV show or a sequel. Or they said that he will show up in the new DCU, um, and I'm hoping that's true because he is a good character. I think. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think um, I'm not always the most excited to watch a new DC film. They've let me down many times in the past, but Blue Beetle was a good time, and um, it's a good time that I would be happy to see continue. No, I agree. I actually haven't watched Flash or Shazam, so I've been uh, without DC for a while, which might also, I think, have given me the breathing space to enjoy this for what it is without caring. And actually, that's a big plus. This doesn't have a lot of links to the rest of the universe, so you can go in practically clean and still have a good time. I've never like wanted capitalism to succeed, but you know the movie has made like eighty three million no less than that worldwide um forty three million worldwide, which is nothing mm. um and i'm and I'm hoping it it makes more I'm hoping it has long legs uh, no no pun intended <laughs> but I'm hoping that it makes enough money to keep this character in the in the circle. We've been talking today about Blue Beetle, which is the latest from DC Studios. Let us know, have you watched it yet? Um, did you like it? Do you plan to catch it? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.